Makariov to Stokes, who's onside. Wagner! Here's Sims. It's a good serve this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it! Just a minute to play. That's stoppage time. Here's Letizia! Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Saints FC podcast and I am very, very excited uh, to be sat in Tom Parker's new pads. Tom, thank you for having me. No worries, John. How was your breakfast? Uh, breakfast was fabulous. Good. Um, for those of you that are wondering, Tom has served up scrambled eggs, sausages and baked beans and not just like two sausages or one sausage but three whole sausages each and three eggs in the scrambled eggs as Don't well mess around in this house no, right? no way um you know as, as always a wonderful host and a, and a true gent I, i've got to say tom you know really really great great to be staying here um so it's the saturday before the end of the football season um and we are together for one full day only so we have to do our end of season review and awards today, don't we? Best best episode of the year, this one, I think. It's, it's one of the most exciting yeah. ones, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, w- welcome uh, to those of you. If you've never listened to the Saints FC podcast before, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, or if you're watching on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe to the ugly inside and then you can see and listen to all of our episodes there. Um, before we do get on to our kind of season review and awards and stuff like that i think we've got to mention a a couple of amazing fundraisers the first one being francis benali i thought he was like he was genuinely worried if he was going to die at one point yeah it it didn't look good did it i think it was like what after the third iron man that he ran it's insane yeah i mean like there was one bit where they were like he's finished now and he's going to do a marathon like it was like seven o'clock at night and they were like now franny does a marathon yeah like what how how on earth does anyone? I mean, I, I could the swim. I don't. I think I'd probably drown. So it was what two point four, two point six miles or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, then you got the cycle, one hundred twenty-six miles, which I could do. You're a keen cycler, though. I'm, cycle I'm very into my cycling, yeah. but it would take an awful lot out of me. I certainly couldn't do it after swimming two and a half miles, and then the thought of running a marathon afterwards, which insane, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, go- I'm supposed to be running a half marathon <laughs> Sunday, um, the Plymouth half marathon, which was a, a great Christmas present from my sister. I think maybe the worst present Why I've ever received. Yeah. Um, I'm really not into running. <laughs> and I've been doing a little bit of training. And every time I'm training, I'm like, why on earth am I not on my bicycle? But then say, I, I'm kind of like all upset about the fact that I'm having to run a half marathon. In an Ironman, you have to run a whole marathon yep. after a 126-mile bike ride and after a two-and-a-half-mile swim. And most people might do that once in their life. You see people who have, like, Ironman tattoos because it's, like, such a momentous yeah. thing to get through. Um, and then Benali decides he's going to attempt seven Ironmans or seven Ironmen in seven days. I don't think they've ever had to think about what the plural of 
Iron Man <laughs> is because nobody would ever. No one's that crazy. No one would ever do more than more than one really in 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 one go. But Franny Bernali attempted it, and I think he completed five Iron Mans in the week with the rest of the Benali Iron Fran team kind of stepping in for the two days when he had to, when the, I think the doctors told him, don't do it today because yeah, he might die. Yeah. And is it a million pounds? You really, he, he's raised a million pounds for Cancer Research UK. And if, you've not, if you've not donated people, what are you doing? Yeah, um, absolutely. Get your wallet out, bump him up again, but um, total kudos to uh, St. Benali. I legend. think should be Sir Franny Benali. Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. It wouldn't be um, it would it wouldn't be undeserved because this no. is not the first time he's done something completely ridiculous for charity. No, no, uh, he's he's great. I mean, yeah. he's, he's done so, some some amazing things. And we're all doffing our caps, although we don't <laughs> have any caps on. Um, in France, they'd say chapeau, which means hats off. Um, but Franny Benali, total Saints legend. Um, also, at the moment, the Saints big bike ride is going on so there's a group of saints fans um they cycling they set off yesterday they, they set off from huddersfield i think yesterday yeah. and then i think today they're going leicester to reading and then tomorrow they're doing reading to southampton so you'll get a chance um i know that you're going to be listening to this after the huddersfield game but so you've probably already applauded them <laughs> as, as they've uh, arrived in the stadium and i think they've been joined by a few ex-saints players as well yeah that's yeah. nice the club's recognize them so make sure you sponsor that as well and then if you've got any money after sponsoring iron fran or the saints big bike ride um i've got a little request for our listeners so um those of you that that know me well um might know that uh for the last two and a half years that we've been running the saints fc podcast we've basically been borrowing kit off the edtech podcast who um, is who is my wife yeah not just any um and unfortunately she can no longer lend me the kit because she's got a team that's growing and the, the that podcast is growing so i've had to get my own kit now which we're testing out for the very first time today and um it, it looks like it's all working so that's that's quite good um had to buy microphones need to get some headphones pay for the hosting all, all in all um, a year of doing the Saints FC podcast costs about 500 quid. Okay. So it's out your pocket. Yeah, out, out of my pocket at the moment. But it doesn't have to be like that, listeners. <laughs> so if you fancy supporting the Saints FC podcast and helping us continue to produce it, host it, pay for the kit, if you enjoy it and you think Tom and I are worth buying a beer for, um, we'll accept a beer, but most of you we've not <laughs> met in person. Um, We'd love to. But, you know, we, we would love to. I'll, I'll be at the game um, Huddersfield, so I might say hello to some of you. Um, or I might have said hello to some of you. Again, this is the whole problem of putting out a podcast <laughs> <laughs> in the future after you've recorded it. But um, if, if you do want to donate a little bit to the Saints FC podcast, keep us happy and, and, and keep us going, then um, if you head to www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash saints hyphen FC hyphen podcast. So crowdfunder.co.uk saints hyphen FC hyphen podcast. And um, we'll accept a- a- absolutely anything. In fact, <laughs> I was looking at um, our average listeners for this season, Tom, is now 1,654 listeners per episode. That's impressive. Yeah, and, and quite a few episodes reaching over 2,000. 
um, when there's either been a really big story um, or when we've had some nice big wins. So, yeah. it, you know, if you listen to an episode and you think it's worth a, a, a beer or the amount of money that it would cost you to buy us a beer in the pub, then uh, please head over to crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash saints hyphen FC hyphen podcast and drop us a little bit of dosh there. Um, we'll continue to put this out for free anyway. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, just, just try and help us I- if you can. Um, so end of season review and awards. Um, when we did our season preview, it was you and myself and my little brother James. Yeah. And he actually have has, has gone and had the a little listen back. James, the sort of the the mystic Meg of yeah. <laughs> football predictions, he, and he got it. He 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 did a little bit better than we did. I've got to say, Tom. So, um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get up the um, the Excel spreadsheet that my brother has created, and we're going to have a look at what some of our predictions were. Um, so. First question was, will James Ward-Prowse have a breakout season? To which you Ooh. answered, I don't know what a James Ward-Prowse is. Yeah. And basically yeah. the answer was no. Sorry about that, James. Um, I didn't say anything on this for some reason, but my brother said, maybe he will find that thing, and whatever that thing is. He has found it. His I think mojo. He, yeah, he's, he's found that thing. He's well, Ralph Hassan-Hootel has found yeah. it, I think, and, and given it to James Ward-Prowse. So... Um, I think I was half right because he had a terrible first half of the season. Not well, as did, as did everyone. Well, just he had a typical yeah James Ward Prowse. Yeah, but I mean this season, uh, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm going to get up his uh, the James Ward Prowse stats for this season. Can you remember how many goals he scored I this season? I think he's on top? eight now. Eight goals after the Bournemouth game. I might be wrong. So um, we're looking at seven. Yeah, seven goals in the Premier League, one goal in the League Cup. So eight goals. So he's yeah. not far off top goal scorer. Him, Redmond's on eight, I think. Ings is on maybe eight or nine. Yeah. Very I impressive. Mean, but that's great. I mean, and he didn't start scoring until Ralph Hasenhutl showed up. So Neither did Saints, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, is, that is true. There's, there's maybe one exception um, to that. I'm trying to find our Saints goal scorers. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that later. But let's, let's go through another one of our predictions. So... Next up, uh, the question was, will Mark Hughes get Saints playing progressive football? <laughs> and for those of you watching on the YouTube channel can see that Tom's got his head in his spare hand that, um, that he has now. And uh, Tom, your answer was yes. My answer was yes. And my brother's answer was yes. And then I think the unequivocal... <laughs> if anyone wants to argue otherwise, please get in touch. <laughs> yeah. um, so... I mean, we were full of optimism at the it's start of the season. We were bouncing, weren't we? Yeah. And I, I think we were kind of just, I, I don't know, blinded by the Manolo Gabbiadini goal, you know, and that, that positivity. But it, but we, what we really should have done is actually looked at Hughes' record because... I we, we wasn't that bad, John, at Stoke. Three-eighths place finishes, whatever it was. Yeah, well, at Stoke it was okay until the season that he yeah. got sacked. And then with us... He got. He did enough to get us over the line, but that had as much to do with Swansea yeah, well, being. It was Swansea. Yeah, Swansea lost it. Saints didn't stay up. Swansea went down. Yeah. 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 yeah we all somehow expected Hughes. I, I, I think to kind of recreate the, the kind of earlier Stoke years and the success they had there, and I, I don't know what what do you think the reason is that it, it, we didn't. 
We didn't do well under Mark Hughes. Um, I think the game has moved on a lot. And so um, you think Mark Hughes of four seasons ago? I think was yeah, equipped I think for the Premier League. Yeah, I think football's changed. Well, even if he wasn't equipped, people probably weren't as far away from him mm. as he became. You know, in, in terms, you know, they didn't put the 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 distance between them. There's a really good piece in the Irish Times. Okay. And I can't remember the name of the journalist, but it's absolutely fantastic. And he looked at statistically the number. Basically, we're talking about like. You watch like pundits like Sunis, they're like, I yeah. don't know why he just doesn't challenge him, put the tackle in. Yeah. That's because that's how football was. Yeah. Now that if you look at it, something like passes in games, the worst teams in the Premier League now make more passes in games than the best teams made ten years ago. Yeah. It's like this you know, and there's all these incredible stats. The game has totally changed. Yeah. You know, and I think Hughes was a bit of a relic. Yeah. I, d- I find it kind of like hard to disagree with that because having seen you know half a season of football under him I mean there were at times that we looked okay um, but things weren't going right for us but then there were also times when we just looked totally at sea and we didn't really know what to do and, and, and you know right from the very start that uh, draw against Burnley at home you know Burnley who had been playing in the Europa League like I, midweek away yeah and I thought <laughs> I mean, one of the theories that I had at the time as well, you know, Burnley are kind of more match fit. Yeah. And uh, I think that might have been the case. And I think I think the uh, pre-season didn't help Saints. You know, the trip to China. Yeah. I don't think we were ready for the start of the we season. We're going to Macau this season, so that'll be a laugh. Yeah. Um, anyway, should we move on? Yeah, he's gone now. He's passed. Yeah. And then we looked at uh, three of our signings. This is before we'd signed Danny Ings. And we said, who are we going to get the most goals from? Eddie Nisi, Vestergaard or... Armstrong. Tom, you said Elianusi. I said Vestergaard. And James said Elianusi. So we were all just totally wrong there. Um, (laughs) Elianusi, that was a really big disappointment, wasn't it? I was there on Saturday at West Ham. and I think the less said about it. I mean, he just looks lost. I I feel, in many ways, I feel sorry for him a little bit. Yeah. You know, because he just looks so uncomfortable. And the Saints fans, you know, to be fair, they're on his case. And he yeah. must know that. I think he'll be looking for the first route out of Southampton this summer. Y- you do? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, well, yeah. it's just, he doesn't look like he's in Ralph's plans, does he? No. So, I don't think Elianisi got a goal this season. Has he got an assist? Um, I, you know, there's a, there's a stats I just don't have right in front of me right now nothing springs to mind no um, it just looks a bit hapless Vestergaard hasn't scored a goal which is insane yeah but this is our point about corners and saints yeah Um, and Armstrong's got four so Armstrong got four yeah two against Fulham one against Man United Um, and another one got another one (laughs) (laughs) Um, so actually if we go through our top goal scorers Danny Ings eight goals Two assists. Nathan Redmond, eight goals, four assists. This is just Premier League, though. Yeah. Isn't it? James Ward Prowse, seven goals, no assists. So if this is just Premier League, I th- wouldn't Redmond actually be our top goal scorer? Because obviously you've got two against Derby. Yeah. Is it just Premier League? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Ryan Bertram, Manolo Gabbiadini, Lamina, Obafemi, Romeo, Jack Stevens. Gosh, even Jack Stevens has had a goal. Three assists from Matt Target. That's, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Considering he's barely played. Um, yeah. Pierre Emil Hoiberg. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? Pierre Emil Hoiberg has got three assists and four goals. 
Stuart Armstrong, two assists. Shane Long, five goals, one assist. James Ward-Prowse, you'd expect to be our assist king. No? Nothing. Nothing. What an anomaly. But lots of goals. Shots on target, 83% of his shots, though. So when he does go for goal, he, he at least tests the keeper. Yeah. There's a really good thing about Liverpool, uh, talking about their long shots. Yeah. And saying that Klopp really encourages them to take shots from distance because yeah. of the chaos. So he's a big fan, apparently, this, this idea of chaos. So yeah. you, know, you take a shot, you might score. You're unlikely to score. You might miss. Or you might cause just a bit of madness in the box. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you who we should be getting to shoot more often. Jan Vannery. 100% of his shots on the target. <laughs> but he's only taken four shots. And what about and the weird But, but two of them have gone in. That was yeah. such a strange finish. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They all go in. They all count, don't they? Um, so then we're on to, will Saints do better than just survival? Um, and I can't read your answer because unfortunately the, uh, the spreadsheet is gone. But you said, we'll go out looking like we dot, dot, dot. No, it's annoying, isn't it? Oh, I don't know what that was. Hang on. If I copy it and paste it, maybe it'll tell me. We'll go out looking like we can beat any team. That's how we've ended the season. Yeah, that's how we've ended the season. But in terms of kind of like, you know, can we, are we going to do anything more than survival? It's not really been like that, has it? No, I think it's very much just been survival. Yeah. And I said... Solid start, so then we can play young players from the mid-season onwards. We had a bad start and then played young <laughs> players from the season onwards. And um, James just had general agreement with the both of us. So, uh, like, we're kind of all wrong, but I'm going to give you a little... Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah maybe, maybe a half, both half bit of kudos here. Point. Yeah. Because you were right, we do... Yeah, we you were right. We stopped playing young players. Just yeah, halfway through halfway the season. Through the season. <laughs> but for a totally different reason. Yeah, just the fact desperate. that our senior players are not good enough. Um, um, which is the player that we should be looking out for this season? Tom, you chose Stuart Armstrong. I still think I'm right on that. Yeah. That's, that's still, I mean, I, he's, got, he's got a learning curve, hasn't he? Yeah. Coming from amateur football in Scotland. <laughs> Apologies to us Scottish <laughs> listeners. Uh, James went for Elian Bad. Bad choice. And, he is um, the player to look out for, but not in a good way. Yeah. And I said uh, Ben Narek. Arguably up there, players, one of the players of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's in the mix. Certainly top three. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that later yeah. on as we go through our awards. Um, player of the season. Uh, you reckoned it was going to be Vestergaard. I reckoned it was going to be Gabbiadini. And James reckoned Austin. Well, I think we can <laughs> safely say that none of those are in the mix to win the Saints FC Podcast no. Player of the Year Award. Yeah, Gabby Lini might be, but it's not at Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, youth player to establish themselves in the first team. You went for James Ward Prowse. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Nailed it. I uh, give with one hand and I take with the other, James. Yeah. Um, although the fact that he's been playing <laughs> since he was 16 and has like, like 400, 400 appearances <laughs> yeah, for Saints. It's ridiculous, yeah. Um, I don't... I'm not sure if we we should have allowed you to have that it's one. It's like when you see like Sterling when Young Player of the Year and yeah. you're like, really? I mean, th- wasn't that just a bit of a cop-out so they could give an award to both, um, Dijk, you know, Van Dyke yeah, and know. Sterling? Because, uh, you know, both of them have pretty impressive seasons. Although, um, actually, James Ward-Prowse has only had 193. Not quite 400. We slightly over-egged the custard there. Uh, two, uh, yeah, no, 234. 234. Oh, yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, 234. But over 200. How old is he? He's still like 24. 24 years old. Yeah, I mean, mate. he could end up getting like 700 games for Saints. 
that's just mad, isn't it? Madness. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, yes, he's probably got his name on the team sheet now every week, I'd say. Yeah. But actually, Jan Vannery was the yes. the real breakout player 100%. from the youth side. Um, Thanks, Mark been Hughes. Really, really fantastic. Yeah, Mark Hughes gave him his debut. Yeah. He looked awful against Cardiff. Do you remember um, <laughs> Hassan Hutel's first game? But they all did, didn't they? To yeah. be fair, I mean, I mean, yeah, he looked overawed, but Cardiff away, yeah. relegation, scrap. Well, well, must be quite intimidating. One of my favourite ap- uh, um, appearances for Valerie this season was actually the game against Liverpool. I thought he was really yeah. fantastic in that. He was exceptional. Um, and... I think you know that's that's the kind of hot. We're very good at doing fullbacks, aren't we? Yeah, we've had a long history of good. Like, if you go way back, like Jeff, okay, Jeff Kenner, yeah. Jason Dodd, Simon Charlton. Yeah, I mean Jason Wayne Dodd. Bridge. But you know, it's Bath what? City, really, wasn't he? It was made in Bath. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Wayne Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Jan Valerie now. Jan Valerie. There's a lot of good fullbacks. Gareth Bale. Luke Shaw. Yeah. Callum yeah. Chambers. Less yeah. said about that. <laughs> um, and end of season position. You predicted eleventh. <laughs> I predicted tenth. And James predicted ninth. All way off the mark there. And Alexa doesn't even know it either. Um, Saints top goal scorer. We all went for Austin. <laughs> Shall I remind you how many goals Charlie Austin scored this season? It's bad. Three. I mean, like the Mark Hughes thing, mm. Charlie Austin just seems to be a bit of a relic of a bygone yeah. era. He's he's an old-fashioned football player, isn't he? He's yeah. clearly talented, but... I mean, we, we had lots of questions over whether, when Ralph Hasenhutl came in, whether he would kind of fit that mould of the high press. But he has been useful. And he got the winning goal in that game against Arsenal. He did. And actually, when he was brought on against Liverpool, he... Seems to be one of the most effective strikers yeah. against Van Dijk I've seen. Well, he's got physical presence, isn't yeah. he? He can rough things up a little bit, but I don't know. He's not a high-press footballer, is he? No. It would have been interesting um, if Oberfemi had stayed fit. Yeah, I, th- I really like um, uh, Oberfemi. I'm not 100% convinced that um, that Hassan Hootel does. I think he thinks he's... He did make some comments about him not being professional or something yeah. like that, didn't he? I, I mean, I wonder what he's been doing to not be professional. Um, we also asked the question, who do you think the top goal scorer in the Premier League would be? And Tom, you went for Aguero. I went for Harry Kane. And James <laughs> spread his betting by saying one of Aguero, Kane, Lukaku or so Salah. He basically picked the three best forwards in the Premier the League. Four. And Lukaku. And Lukaku, yeah. And then one. Very good, James. Yeah. And... Um, well, as of uh, today, which is the 11th of May that we're recording, so we're not counting any goals that might happen tomorrow, um, but we've got Mohamed Salah on 22 goals, Sergio Aguero on 20 goals, Obama Young on 20 goals, and Sadio Mane on 20 goals. So... Good Jamie Vardy up there, yeah. 18 I mean, goals. I've got to say, my shout of Harry Kane wasn't too far off if he hadn't had those injuries you know 17 goals with all those injuries pretty impressive I think maybe the most impressive so Salah's been involved in 30 goals this season if you include his assists but Eden Hazard has actually been involved in 31 goals this season 16 goals and 15 assists there's only five players that have got over 30 combined goals and assists in a season I can guess one of them yeah 
Matty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who cares about the other ones? Um, top four of the table. Um, well, let's go for the top two because I think that's the ones which matter. Tom, you thought it would be Man City, then Liverpool. I thought it would be Man City, then Man United. Oof. <laughs> and James thought it would be Liverpool and then Man City. So... Um, well, it remains to be seen whether you or James are right. Um, bottom three, Tom, you went for Cardiff, Watford and Fulham. So wrong about Watford, mate. Yeah, They've been brilliant this season. Steamrollers a lot. Yeah. Really, really, really fantastic. Great football. I really enjoyed the Saints-Watford game, the 1-1. One one. I thought it's yeah. like two teams playing really good football great outside the top six. People yeah. talk about you know, Man City, Man United. Uh, yeah. Man City, yeah, it's a great advert for the Premier League. No, it's not. Best advert for Premier League is a game like Watford Saints. Well, where it's really thoroughly entertaining. Where it's thoroughly entertaining and they're not even the high-profile teams. Yeah, and, 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 really and it has John Barnes singing at half-time. Yeah, and has a goal after eight seconds. Yeah, uh, just brilliant. Um, I went for Cardiff, Huddersfield, Brighton. Far off not there, far off, yeah. Um, Brighton just about got over the line. Didn't anticipate Fulham would be so bad. I thought they spent well. Well, I think, and, the, and it turns out the opposite was true, which yeah. is they spent... Too much yeah. is what people say. The, and they didn't really keep the team together that, no. that did so well for them. And three managers in a season is always really bad yeah. news, isn't it? And James, Mystic Meg, <laughs> as we might have to start calling him now, went Cardiff, Fulham and Huddersfield. Incredible. Yeah. Tom, how did you not have Huddersfield there in your bottom three? I just must have forgotten. Yeah. Um, do we have hope? <laughs> The answer was yes, yes, and yes. Yay. Well, we definitely did have hope at that point, and I think we have hope at the end of the season. Yeah. But there were times when it felt fairly hopeless. Hope was lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, the hope was just that we'd sack Mark Hughes and replace yeah. him with someone better. Um, who will be our cult hero of the season? Tom, you chose Vestergaard. I chose Gabbiadini, and James chose Armstrong, and I think we can probably say that all of those are wrong. I don't know who I'm going to choose my cult hero. Let's think about this over the duration of the episode. I think I've got one in mind. Uh, I have got one in my mind as well, but um, we'll definitely need to talk about it. Other quotes for bonus points. You said Mitrovic is not a Premier League striker. I stand by that. Well, he scored goals. Yeah. He also has had a tremendous number of shots. Yeah. Huge number. Like his ratios are, you know, not good if we're talking money ball. Yeah. Okay. Having said that, I'd take him as Saints. <laughs> Despite the fact he's not a Premier League striker. Well, he, I like that he's we, a We have a lot of, stri- yeah, arguably, a few strikers yeah. that are not Premier League strikers. Uh, I like the fact he's quite nasty. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd change that Wolves will finish in the top half. Good. Seventh. That was a good shout. Very good, John. And James said, expect a striker to be signed by Saints before the start of the season. He bloody aced it Nailed again, it. didn't he's he? Got the inside track. How did he know that Danny Ings was coming to Saints? He must have someone on the inside. He's, he's of the got car. someone inside. Um, and another one that you get a bonus point for is that Jose Mourinho will be fired. Yay! Good riddance, bad rubbish. So there, there we are. Those were our uh, Saints predictions. Um, some right, some wrong. I think James wins that overall, so I don't know why we don't have him here. He's clearly, he's clearly the brains behind the podcast. He's just embarrassed, so he's not invited yeah. anymore. Um, should we get straight into our awards? Yeah, let's do that, John. Um, so should, well, should we start with Cult Hero? Because we kind of touched on it there. Yeah. I'm going for Hoiberg. Oh yeah, okay. Because I think you saw something in Hoiberg when the club was really struggling where they put him forward for the interviews. Yeah. And the club obviously felt he's someone who can relate to fans. Yeah, yeah, footballers nowadays don't really seem to be able to relate to fans. No. um, Hoiberg, you 
yeah, he he clearly he felt it. You know, like when Saints were really in the doldrums, you could see it really like when he came out after those games and said it's not good enough. Yeah, you know, he was really honest. And I think now just watching him like tear up trees, yeah, and score the old screamer, yeah. Like I mean, he that, seems that to be Captain Marvel. That goal against Brighton was just oh an absolute beauty. That's got to be up there for our goal of the season nominations. Um, I mean, I, I was going to choose. Maybe Hassan Hutter, but I don't think cult hero is not really cult, is it? He's, he's just—is he just a full-on hero? It's I think. A, yeah, I, I think I, cult I, hero is a bit like you know, it's the sort of auteur's choice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, the other one you could have the dancing guy. Love the dancing guy. So you know, he, he dances at the start of every Saints game when, when we're doing the fireworks and the dance music, and the flames, and all that. But then after um, Keith Flint from The Prodigy died, obviously playing The Prodigy before, and suddenly his dance moves <laughs> resonated with with the whole country. Basically, it blew up on Twitter, didn't it? It he, did. He, he got national and international recognition. And good, you know, he's enjoying himself. Yeah. Do you remember there used to be the big guy who was dancing I don't at remember. St Mary's, like? I think it was last time we were in the Premier League and he kind of ended up in the match of the day um, intro. But um, you know where they're showing Oh, yes, kind of yeah, yeah. Like what's that. happened to him? Hopefully he's still around. He's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows what's happened to the big dancing guy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. from a few seasons ago, um, if you know him, send him our love. We miss his dancing. Want to see you back at St. Mary's with doing your moves. Maybe we could get those two guys together. Like you a know, dance-off. The premier, the um, Southampton dancing fans of throughout history, and if you were watching Saints before me and Tom, like back in the nineteen eighties or seventies, you know, was anyone dancing back in those was days? There a, was there like a, a cult dance hero? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. Probably. I mean, guess the players sometimes dance after celebrations. I think if we're yeah. talking about an ex-player. Michael Antonio's <laughs> celebration's pretty wild. He, yeah, he's a, he's got some got some moves. Yeah, still so, miss Some which I mean, maybe that's why match of the day is shown so late on the uh, <laughs> late on in the evening. Well, after you saw Michael Antonio's last goal celebration, I don't know what he was referring to. Yeah. What about iconic moment of the season? Who, who's your who's your cult hero? I think I'm going to go with the dancing guy. You're going to get so you're going to dance. Okay, dance yeah, because right. it's it's so obscure left field. So no one predicted that, John. Yeah, but I think you know Pierre Emil Hoiberg is a really good shout because he didn't win the Saints Player of the Season in the Players Awards. He didn't win it in the Fans Awards. Um, I don't know who the Daily Nathan Echo chose. Got both. I think Nathan There's got both. both. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Daily Echo have announced their own Player of the Season, um, but I will I will check it up. And so you're going iconic moment of the season. Yeah. Do you know yours, Sean? I know mine. Do you go go with yours? I think the third goal against Bournemouth because there was so much to like about it, and it was three Saints youth players, James Ward Prowse. It was right, Danny. All right, not Danny's not you know technically yeah. a youth player, but wins that ball back back to James Ward Prowse. James Ward Prowse, nice little bit of skill. Yeah. Out to Valerie. Valerie, who does this. I said it before, he does this great bit of sort of going past the Bournemouth fullback, but he doesn't, he just does enough and yeah. then whips that ball in. And then what on earth is Matt Target doing there? Get back to where you're meant to be, Matt. Yeah, but Matt Target has that, um, well, he's, he's, you know, he's scoring. Well, we look at, our, you know, Jan Barry gets 100% of his shots on target, scores two goals. I think Matty Target just wants to get in on that. 
What was he doing there? I, for me, that was a great moment also because, you, you know, it kind of exemplified the sort of Ralph renaissance. Yeah. Um, you know, players that, yeah, all right, I know that Hughes gave Valerie his, his, his chance, but only through injury. Yeah. And, you know, players that probably would never have got a sniff for the long term under Hughes because Hughes isn't renowned for his belief in the youngsters. So, yeah, that for me was a great moment. Yeah. And also, yeah, by that time, we knew we were probably staying up. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I was trying to... Th- I was thinking maybe one of my most iconic moments would be one of James Will Prowse's tackles. So I was thinking maybe maybe the one against, like, Newcastle. What, but foul? But or yeah, <laughs> yeah, the really bad foul. But then really he, didn't get s- he didn't get sent off and we didn't win the game, so I couldn't really choose that. He did a really bone-crunching <laughs> tackle against Watford as well. Didn't he do game. one against Spurs as well? He took someone out against... Yeah. I can't remember. But you know what? I think, actually, if I'm going to go for the, for the reinvented James Will Prowse... The iconic moment has got to be when he got Zaha sent off. Oh, yes. And then there's that, like... That's it. There's that picture of him, um, you know, with, with his, like, grin licking at um, Zaha as he's absolutely losing it. And and that's the kind of... Um, and I'm going to swear here. That's the kind of shithousery. Yes. That he missed. He didn't have yeah, it before. Yeah, he didn't have it before. And he's transformed. And I think... If you what want did he do? Did he sort of mimic that he was going to throw the ball at? Yeah, Zaha? yeah, kind of. He kind of held it up as though he was going to throw it in his face. And he did. And he lost it. But again, it was from like, it was from a brutal James Will Prowse tackle that yeah, Zaha kind of lost his Zaha, shit. Yeah, and we won the throw in rather than him winning the. Um, that was he got really annoyed. He got really annoyed about it. And then James just pushed him, didn't he? A little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit just of encouragement. And then he, it was just as he was stood there grinning. Yeah. Like, absolutely, like. Yeah, total wind-up merchant. And, 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 and so doesn't he go on to score as well in that game? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, Jane, score yeah scores. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing up right back and he just comes in and scores. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so I, th- I think if you, if you want to choose something that typifies how Saints managed to turn around their season... Yeah, I agree. Like, I think what Ralph Hasenhuis has done to James Ward-Prowse is almost the most impressive one of the most impressive things that he's he's achieved and that's that's what I'm choosing as my iconic moment that's a great moment John. yeah alright well that's it then it's decided um, best chant or song of the year see this one was really easy like a couple of seasons yeah. ago I mean still the best thing I've ever heard is Stephen Calvin Davis chant that was the best one I've ever heard yeah how does that one go uh, that was at the Burnley home game when Calvin Davis came on when Fraser Forster got injured yeah and it was Stephen, 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 Davis, Kelvin, Kelvin, Kelvin. Go on, John, what's your, what's your pick? I haven't got one from this season, no, you know. I struggle. I think, is, is the answer must try harder from the fans? Yeah. Or is this one where, p- where perhaps someone can send in their... Yeah, recommendations. Their recommendations. Maybe we can, we can award this one at the start of next season when we do a season preview. Mm. Um Potentially. Uh, most improved player of the season? Uh, it's difficult to choose between Warprowse and Redmond, but you kind of have to and pick. And what about Valerie as well? There's another nomination in there. Yeah, but did he really improve? Because he, yeah, everyone really rated him in the yeah. year. I mean, you have to look, I, I would say on this, you have to look at how did they play in the Premier League last year yeah. to how they played this year. And... You know, really this year for us is the period from when Ralph came. You know, like yeah. generally everyone was pretty dire. Uh, I would say um kind of has to be Redmond. 
yeah, I mean, Redmond was transformational this season. James Ward-Prowse has also improved a hell of a lot. Yeah, but I think Re- I think the difference for me is, like, if we've not got James Ward-Prowse, mm. we can bring in a Lamina or, yeah. you know, you can do something. You can bring in an Armstrong. Yeah. Um, they're not, you know, they're not the same player, but you can bring in someone. Like, Redmond, without Redmond, we seem to really lack any innovation. Yeah. Any kind of threat. You know, anyone who can do the unexpected. Yeah. So, and so, for me, like, Redmond's probably the most important player for the Saints. So... We're going Nathan Redmond. I find it really hard to argue against that. But like from last season when he was much maligned. Um, got all that. Yeah, you got a lot of grief from yeah. the fans. Dogs abuse from the fans is really yeah. awful. And um, he's, put, he's turned it around. And like, Saints fans love him. Oh, absolutely. Saints fans have voted him player of the season with the club and with the Daily Echo. And the players have voted him player of the season. So you've got to say most improved player no, of the he's season. Got this one, probably most important one of the lot. Most improved player of the season. Yeah, from us. Yeah. Um, will he win the big one though? Saints FC podcast prayer of the award. <laughs> very who exciting. knows? Who knows? Villain of the season. Uh, John, do you, do you have someone in mind? I've got, I've got a few. I've got a few. Uh, do you want to go first? Well, n- normally, you choose someone from the opposition. I think mm. we chose Jamie Vardy when he stamped on VVD's foot. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yes. Um, last season, I'm not sure who we chose. Maybe Mark Hughes. He was stealing a living as a football manager for us, wasn't he? Yeah. Is that a little too, I obvious? Mean, too obvious? I mean, if I look at opposition players, I don't know. I mean, um, sort of it, I mean, Decore trying to score trying with his again, hand yeah. again. Which was quite a good moment, I yeah. think. Yeah. Because did he win villain of the season last season, Decore? I can't Possibly remember. He may have done. Horrendous handball. Yeah, I, li- I liked the way he tried it again. Yeah, kudos to him for that. Um, but in terms of general villain of the season, I'm I, I, I'm going to go for Wesley Hoyt. Oh yeah, good. Because he is so. What's annoying about Wesley Hoyt is he's clearly got everything. I, the first time I watched him was away at Palace yeah, a couple of there. seasons ago. My God, little sign just it, incredible the way he was pinging you know, we would say ask what's the Dutch word for ping I yeah. remember was the question <laughs> following that that episode because he just was able to ping it him and Lamina just looked yeah. like gods we, it just it really looked like the Saints FC so the Southampton Football Club kind of like scouting yeah. network here we go yeah, yeah. Um, and it's such a disappointment and you're right it was his, his attitude his which attitude really was the worst yeah and his carelessness and yeah, his will, his sort of contribution to direct contribution to goals conceded. Yeah. Um, he just didn't seem to wake up. No, I'm um, you know, and it kind of is symptomatic that Ralph like w- you know got in and just shipped him out immediately. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean you can only say that's because of his attitude. Yeah, it must be. I mean, like yeah, there's no doubting his talent as a footballer. No, but his attitude must have stunk. And didn't he? I mean, I'd, you can't read too much into these things, but didn't he do some weird things on social media? Yeah, he, like, um, stopped having Southampton on his, uh, yeah. uh, on, on his uh, like, profile page and things like that, and he was blocking, um, yeah, he's, he, he was blocking Saints fans and stuff, which is just, like, you know, what, why are you doing like that? like it or something on Twitter, like an opposition goal against us or something weird. <sighs> You know, just the re- really stupid stuff that was just like absolutely not um, necessary. 
Um, another one which I kind of quite fancy bringing up is, um, and this was kind of like, I, I noticed from following Hassan Tariq on Twitter, he's a really good um, Saints fan, but he kind of pointed out that Virgil van Dijk won Player of the Season in the Premier League this season. And he had 17 blocks, 40 interceptions, 35 tackles, 25 of which were won. One last one tackle, 193 clearances, 108 headed clearances, and 169 aerial battles won. If you compare that to his full season with Saints, so the one before he got interested, 2015-16 season, 22 blocks for Saints, so five more than he's done with Liverpool. 96 interceptions, a full 56 more than he's done this season. 59 tackles over the 35, 44, which is one, which is nearly double what he's won this season. Last man tackles, same. Clearances, 260 compared to the 193. Headed clearance, 160 versus 108. And aerial battles, 163. This season he did improve that. He got 169. So really, if you're going to choose Virgil van Dijk's best season in the Premier League, you choose 2015-16. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because everyone, I mean, I know that we don't like Liverpool, but... I don't think it's sacrilege to say he's got better players around him. Oh, much, Liverpool. much better. And um, so why everyone raves... I mean, it is weird. Yeah. Like, why everyone raves about him now? Like, it just is strange because Saints fans knew this from the moment he walked into the oh, The first time he played, everyone knew Didn't we've got someone really special. Like he scored very early on. Yeah. yeah, it may have been his debut. Maybe the first home game or something like that. got a header. Yeah, and I remember um, listening to uh, Guardian Football Weekly, and they were just talking about what a beautiful-looking <laughs> man he was. That's it all dynamic. He's like a thoroughbred. Yeah. I mean, I know we're not meant to like him, but well, he I mean, is as a, as the a best football player, player I've ever seen play he's wonderful to watch. You know, yeah. as a you know what he did to Saints, it leaves a really bitter yeah. sour taste. If he'd left Saints in the right manner, people would really talk like about him in a good way. Yeah, like. Like Sadio Mane, you know. The good thing is, though, we spend the money well. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I mean, maybe Ooh, that... Les Reed, ma- yeah. yeah. maybe Les Reed yeah. is the villain of the season. Yeah. Chased or out of the club, spending Kruger all that money. sort of weird sort of American. See, I don't think Kruger, you can say, is a villain. He's just yeah. a little bit misguided, I felt. No, what about um, our current chairman? Our current owner. Tan. Is it Tan? Oh, no, no, no that's the Cardiff Gal, guy. Yeah, Gal. Gal. I mean, there's loads of stuff around him, which is like... He's murky. Yeah, he's a little bit murky, but I, don't, I probably don't know enough. Well, I don't think we know enough no. yet. This time next year, we'll probably give you a thorough yeah. analysis of so what's who, going so, on so who we've got over our nominations here? We've got Mark Hughes, we've got Wesley Hu. We've got whoever chooses player of the season, which I think is actually the Premier League players. players. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you can make them the don't villain. Annoy those but like guys. maybe the media for eulogising players that are in the big six when actually, if you look across the Premier League, there's some amazing stuff happening outside of the top six. Totally agree. James Madison, who we missed uh, out on at the start of the Le- season. Leicester in general, like Harry Maguire. Yeah. What a footballer. Yeah. I, mean, I think James Madison is, is, is a really wonderful player. Yeah. I think Zaha... Like, although we've been taking the mick a bit with his, his sending off Steals. and his, um, yeah, he's he's an incredible football player as well, and yeah, loads of really amazing stuff happens outside the top six, which just never ever gets talked about, and the general media just basically ignore it. You know, I, there's two ways of looking at it, isn't there? One is um, it helps Saints. Mm. I mean, you can't imagine that you know the 
clubs are looking at the media and go, oh, yeah, we should own this Nathan yeah. Redmond guy. He sounds good. We should yeah. go and buy him. But, you know, also maybe it helps the players as well because egos seem to be, you know, egos are without a doubt yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. And um, maybe big clubs can accommodate big egos. Yeah. Whereas if you're at Saints, you know, I mean, if you look at the players that, if you'd said at Saints, like, who are probably the two biggest egos in the first team squad, or three biggest egos? You probably would have said, and I'm sorry, maybe Charlie Austin. Yeah, Charlie Austin, definitely. Uh, but he's a striker. You yeah, know, that's his thing. Uh, you, you would Mario Lamina. Ma- yeah, Mario Lamina was his own hashtag. <laughs> the tonic, tonic like lemonade. lemonade. What does that even mean, Mario? <laughs> Mario, can you write in saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com and explain what the hell is your What's hashtag like, about? Mario, it's not, I mean, I'm not a marketing person. It's not working, Mario. Yeah. It's not, you know, you, you need to get a new hashtag. Um, I I would say... I, should I should we pick like, up the tonic like lemonade yeah, hashtag on Twitter? Let's see how it's engaging. See how it's going. I think you'd have said like ego players, Suarez. Cedric, you know, he all this sort of preening photos of yeah. himself. Um, uh, he's he's had another one out recently as well. You know, I think there's there's that. Um, do you want to know how many tweets there are with the tonic like lemonade? There's got to be more than that, John. Because no, that's that's but it. There's, there's only what? there's only one. But that's what like not. But what about Mario Lamina's own tweets? Well, I think he's more of an Instagrammer. Should we get this on Instagram? Um, it's all just going to be. But you, I would have said like the two biggest egos, Hoyt and um, Cedric. Yeah. You just knew Hoyt like so good looking. Yeah. Tonic like lemonade. Here we go. So let's see. Oh, so we have got a few more. I few must bits of engagement. Uh, he spells lemonade wrong. That's where I went wrong. Oh yeah, because he spells it like yeah, lemonade. like his surname. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, it is mainly mm-hmm. um, Mario Lamina posts of his self. The hashtag hasn't really kind of caught on, has it? Um, mm, ain't working, mate. He could be off ski, can he? Yeah, I, and maybe that's not a bad thing because I think we could still get money for him. He's clearly, I, I, I love him when he's good yeah he's, he's very very good yep. and when he's bad he's not like not, no, no. um so villain of the season i'm going to give you you the shout on this because i don't think my suggestions were any good so you know what is it les reed wesley who i'd go hoyt hoyt okay just because he just doesn't he's just so callous yeah doesn't care and also he looks a bit like a bad guy he might be coming back you know oh, i can't imagine that. it can't no. imagine that no hero of the season can only be one yeah King Ralph. King Ralph. Um, that's easy, uh, but obviously the whole point of having an awards thing is to talk about it. Obviously, <laughs> we're not going to have a debate on this, but should we talk about why he's our hero? Is, I mean, it, do we need to say any more? I guess he probably gets about 10 minutes on every show of how, our yeah. love and adoration, doesn't he? It's difficult. I mean, does everyone know it's so obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's so obvious what he does. Like, he's connected with the fans. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary on a beer. I know that that's kind of. I know it's not out of his pocket, but like. Well, I don't know. I think it was, wasn't it? It's a great gesture. Either way, it shows a. It shows a, a people. You know, he's got a people person. Yeah. And I think even like so. So I mean, and, and Ralph then joins a very exclusive group of Saints-based organizations or people that have given people free beer. Because the only other ones are Saints FC podcast. Yeah, that's our true. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, that's something we've got in common with him. Yeah, us and Ralph. But he, there was photos of him recently. He did like a community day. 
Yeah. Did you see those photos when he was like in a soft play or something? Yeah, yeah. He just, he just gets like involved, doesn't he? He's going, going down that little slide yeah. at naught miles an he hour. He just looks like a good guy. And I think, yeah. you know, the players clearly love him. Yeah, and and uh, and have genuine affection for him. Saints yeah. fans probably haven't had a manager they've liked this much probably since Atkins. Yeah. Atkins. What about Pochettino? Did anyone really like? Did anyone really? I guess he was a lot harder to relate harder to, to because relate to. he never spoke in English. Yeah, and you always got the feeling with with Poch that he was that Saints was very much a stepping stone. Well, I d- I don't know. I think Poch was. In it as long as Cortese was in it, because Cortese had the big plans to get Saints playing in the Champions yeah. League, and it was a project. So I think Pochettino was interested in the project. And when Spurs but comes up, you're not going to yeah. turn that job around. But you know, it was after Cortese left as well. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't just that Spurs came sniffing and he went. He already, as soon as Cortese left, he was considering his position. Yeah, um, but um, but I think Ralph is. You know, he's he's got Saints. Saints fans like to see young players and they like to see a high press. They like to see players playing with heart. Yeah, and, and passion. he does all three things. And he's, you know, uh, as well, kind of after uh, Claude Puel and Pellegrino, like yeah. a man with so much passion and personality. It's just wonderful to guys. see, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that is crazy, isn't it? With talking about Pochettino, he left us for Spurs. Since then, we've had Ronald Koeman, who did fantastically well for Saints, but Brilliantly well. left at the first <laughs> sniff, which was... And also left to go somewhere a bit rubbish. Yeah. Sorry, Ronald, if you're listening, but you could have done better. Yeah, he could have done better than Everton. Um, I always thought he'd leave for like the Barcelona job. I think that's what he thought as well. Yeah. This is his number plate like Barca or something like yeah, that. Yeah, probably. Um, he's now doing a pretty good job as the Dutch national national manager, so maybe there's a bit of a revival there. Um, so then, we, so we had Ronald Koeman, Claude Puel, one season. Poor Claude. Pellegrino, not a full season. Mark Hughes, not a full season, and now Ralph. So that's five, five managers. Yeah. And Pochettino's been at Spurs the whole time. And now he's in the Champions League final. Yeah. Uh, goal of the season. I mean, there's loads to choose from here, aren't there? I mean, there's... Yeah, we've scored some real raspers. Yeah. One of the best ones I was in the stadium for was the uh, Hoiberg, um, Cuco Martina oh, copy yeah. against Brighton. I think it's hard to look past that one. But the frustrating thing with that is like goals. Last season, we chose Gabbiadini for goal of the season. Did we? Oh, because because of, yeah. of, of the meaning. But this is the great, isn't it? Because there's a, there's a good school of thought that, mm. you know, what if people say, what's the best goal of all time? Yeah. And obviously, like, you can score some worldie in the third round of the FA Cup. Yeah. It's great. Uh, but what really matters is when it comes down to it. Yeah, the top you're players doing it. And, you know, like Zidane's vid- volley against yeah. Leverkusen in a, in a Champions final, League final. Yeah. That's... Because that goal... Yeah, or the Steven Gerrard one against West Ham in the FA yeah. Cup final. You know. Yeah, they, those are great goals in and of themselves, but the best players lift themselves up for the big yeah. occasion. So I think if, if we're going for that, I mean, also you've had a screamer from Jan Valery against Man United, but ultimately we lost the game. Rockets. James Ward-Prowse again fantastic free kick against Man United Two but lost kicks. the game wow. um, but James Ward-Prowse against Tottenham Hotspur mm. which won the game also it's it's again it comes down to pressure doesn't it yeah like what about Shane Long's goal the the, the record the, goal yeah yeah that's not a bad shout for goal of the and season and it was a great finish a yeah. dink little finish I, I would say uh, I agree I think it's hard to, well it's hard to look past the Brighton goal mm. in terms of sheer technique um, My only problem with the Brighton goal is that Cuco Martinez was better. <laughs> <laughs> Were you there for Cuco? Yeah, I was. Oh. 
Uh, I I would go. I mean, my I I would maybe um, go a slightly different goal. No, you, you know what it was last season. It must have been the Buffal goal. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, that was a hell of a goal. That was a hell of a goal. Um, I, I my goal of the season, John, and um, it's just my personal preference is Brighton away. Brighton away. Hoiberg. Yeah, that was a good goal. Because actually. it featured three players doing what they're really good at. Yeah. Say so you had Hoiberg with the press, wins the ball back, one touch pass from Armstrong releases Redmond. Yeah. Redmond with a mazy run gets defenders all a bit worried. And then a lovely reverse pass. And then a beautiful dinked finish from from the man who started it all. Yeah. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it back because okay. I think before we need this, oh, it's not available in your oh, location. Of course, it's bloody not, isn't it? The Americans have stopped you. Yeah, there's there's another villain, you know, the Premier League, um, <laughs> blocking everything. So I mean, can you believe when they sent those um, guys to prison? It does seem a little bit much over the top. And I see this is just the this, uh, is, a this is the whammo. This is the biting well, I mean, you can't shoot from there, Pierre. Um, I d- I don't know. I think it's we we're, we're not. I'm not going to be able to watch it because like YouTube is banning us and all of this They're stuff. So good, yeah. Stopping that content. I don't know. I, th- I think I think I. Your, your your podcast, John. You have the final call on this. I want to go for the James Will Prowse goal against Tottenham. I think it's a fair shout because as well, like it's the pressure, isn't it? Mm. At home, what seventy-seven minutes gone. Yeah, but then it's is a is a dead ball worthy of winning goal of the season because you're against right. the world cup winning goalkeeper is another reason yeah, why champions league finalist champions league finalist and you know saints going coming from behind to yeah. win that doesn't happen very often no i mean i've written it down i i, I think you're right james will prowse versus tottenham yeah young player of the season yan well it's yan isn't it, it has to be yan I mean, or I, Bednarik or Valerie. Bednarik or Valerie. <laughs> or, you know, if you're the or FA. Or should we, we just, should we just say young players this season, Jan, and have them both? <laughs> we could probably have Redmond according to the FA's weird uh, age rules. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Valerie. Yeah. You know, is he going to turn... Because he's not quite a... Um, he's got all sorts of different things in his locker. Yeah. He's not quite a sort of little wingback because he's a big no, guy. no, no. no. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see like what he ends up doing. He's just actually a really good old-fashioned right-back. Yeah. Uh, really exciting player. And you know, great Saints to get him on a new long-term contract. So look, my, my problem is, if we choose Jan Valery, that means we've got player of the season next. So I think Bednarik, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. But you might not win it. And then would it be fair to go through this whole awards thing without giving Bednarik an award? You do love Jan Bednarik. I, I do. Great hair. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think Jan Valery is our young player of the season just because it's a breakout season and he's been so impressive. I, I think he's given so much more than perhaps we expected. And as well, what's great as well is that's he's our right back. Yeah. We don't have another right. We've got one other 18-year-old right back, haven't we, Kane Ramsey. You know, like that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And he has really stepped up. So, Jan Vannery, congratulations. You well are done. the Saints FC Podcast Highlight Young of Player season. of no the doubt. Year. Player of the Season. Now's the big one, Tom. I think we can. We should choose two players each and talk about why they should be considered. Okay, can we have the same two players or do you want us to go two different players each? Um, 
Uh, well, let's let's just choose two different players each. Okay. And then I think we'll talk about all of them. So Nathan Redmond, who's currently got the clean sweep of Daily Ake, Saints player and Saints fans player of the year. So he's obviously in there. Has to be there, John. James Will Prowse. Absolutely. Jan Bednarek. And Hoiberg. And Hoiberg. I would say have to be the Those are all four. <laughs> so Should we start from the bottom? Hoiberg. Yeah. I just think he's a real captain, isn't he? Mm. Like a real old school captain that galvanises people. Yeah. That lifts up the fans. That, you know, clatters into every challenge. Maybe a bit too much. Scored times. two goals that um, made it into two, our yeah. shortlist for goal of the season. And that's contributed fair number of yeah, like four yeah. goals or something this season um, he's a real captain you know you can see that the players look to him he's a leader uh, He, I think he's the sort of player that probably scares other 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 teams a little bit yeah. because he's he's got a lot in his locker he's got yeah. a great goal against Man City yep um, yeah he's, he's really good well, what, what else do you say I mean he's just really good four goals three assists which has been a useful contribution from midfield he's worked hard the whole season he's given it everything and he's fronted up when yeah. it's, when things have been bad yeah he fronts up he's, he's a proper leader yeah but he can't win player of the season Tom oh okay because the sending's off yeah so what we had two, three is it two or three you said last night in the pub that it was three and I think it's two. Yeah. He got sent off for diving, which if you want to sum up like Mark Hughes' time at Saints, it's probably our most honest player getting sent off in a home loss against Leicester for diving. Yeah. Um, um, let's have a little look. Premier League, he's saying one red card. That's not right though, is it? I don't think that's right. He got sent off again, didn't he? He got sent off against Man City. Yes, he did at the end, which yeah. was a really stupid thing yeah. to do. Actually, and then he had the three-match ban. We had a four-match. He had four-match. Four-match ban. ban because it was his second second sending. Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think. Sorry, Pierre. I think Pierre. You know, if you get through next season, um, contribute a few more goals and assists, and try not to get sent off at vital points of the season, then we'll talk. Then, then we'll talk. <laughs> um, Bednarek. See, I think Benrek has, has had like a really fantastic season. Um, in a season when our defence has been so shoddy, he's often been the one that has looked like you know he can. He, he's made last ditch uh, clearances, um, you know, blocks and everything. But uh, you know, again, I don't. He's probably not. I don't think we can say that he. He is the player of the season because he's been really good. He's arguably defender of the season. Yeah, I mean, like he he gave Saints a lot of stability, didn't he? When we desperately needed it. Yeah, and he does seem to be fairly unflappable. And bear in mind, he's playing alongside some real clowns. Yeah, you know, um, in that centre back position, he's yeah. probably like the only. I mean, I love I love Yoshida. But he, I would say Benedict's probably our only centre back you can actually really trust. Yeah. Because even Vestergaard does some stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like 46 tackles, 187 clearances, 76 interceptions, 91 header clearances, 149 recoveries, 134 duels won, but also 127 duels lost. 
Mm, there's no Van Dyke in here. Yeah. Look, I think he's great. Aerial Battles won 81. Aerial Battles lost 76. So he's not quite there yet, is he? But he's, he's only young. He's 23. He's on his way, I think, to becoming one of the... Yeah, he's going to be remembered really well. Is he? Is he twenty-three? Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit older than I thought, but I guess you know he's got that like choir boy face, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, you know he's got the face your mother would love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also he gives a hundred percent. Yeah. And like I say, he plays. You know, we've got a lot of players in those centre positions who make errors. Yeah. Yoshi's actually kind of cleared up that side of his game. Yeah. Stevens has stepped up to the plate manfully. <laughs> in that sense. Um, James Will Prowse, our next nominee. Yeah, he's already got goal of the season, and he's got the most iconic moment. So, <laughs> yeah, I think he's everyone loves James Hall Prowse. Uh, you know, and also like this is the time for me to absolutely admit that I was absolutely wrong. Yeah, you know, I was a big critic, but I think a lot of my criticism was born of the fact that he clearly, like, you criticize players if they're not very good. Like yeah. James Hall Prowse clearly has been a, is a really good footballer. Yeah, he just needed to apply himself. Yeah. Um, James Will-Prowse, really good football player. He's now applying himself much better. But the problem is, first half of the season, he was the James Will-Prowse of old. And I think there's only one player that we can say that has been good all season long. Agree. And it's Nathan Redmond. Yeah, what a guy. He's been fantastic this season. What he did in the summer to go off and work really hard, take himself to America... And give himself a proper preseason, a better preseason than Mark Hughes gave the Saints squad. He came back and he looked like the only player prepared for the Premier League. I think as well, physic as well as physically. I mean, it's sort of the America thing's been talked about a lot, but I wonder if there was more to it than the physical side in America. Oh, like definitely. I wonder if he had like a some sort of mental, you know, because yeah. obviously he's always been super fixed. He's a yeah. fresh athlete, but like mentally. He seems to be so much stronger. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what they did to him in America. I, I, I think he must have had counselling yeah. to help deal with it because he was getting dogs abused from the Saints fans, sometimes unjustly. Um, you know, I'd even heard people suggesting that Saints fans are kind of like picking on him because of his race and like, which, I, you know, I, I, I think maybe you stand out more. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have There's like the much in that. There's the whole thing, the yeah. young mixed race, you know, successful young guy people yeah. talk about that I don't know I just think people again people get frustrated because yeah. these clearly had so much talent Yeah. And, and also I think and this is something Saints fans and probably all football fans are guilty of we did it with Tadic yeah. where because, like, you, you get that thing where like certain footballers need like, in, a t- in a team of 11 players yeah. you need to have one or two guys that are willing to try and do something different Yeah. you know like, otherwise like it's just not going to work and the inevitable fact is when you try and do something different, unless you are like a Zidane or a Ronaldinho, a lot of those things aren't going to work. No, but I, I, I genuinely think if you look at the stats of some of the top players, people like Messi, people like Aguero, it's people like Sterling, they try more take-ons than anyone else and they fail more take-ons than anyone else. They pick themselves up but, and they go But, again. yeah, they pick them up and they go again. And, like, if it doesn't work this time, maybe it'll work next time. If it doesn't work next time, I'll try it again. And... Nathan Redmond is, he's our biggest threat. Yeah, I mean, I, the West Ham game on Saturday, um, which was awful, um, we only looked like a Premier League team once Nathan Redmond came on. Yeah. Like, he totally changes the game because he gives defenders something to worry about because you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. He's got an incredible 
he's got a really intricate, a, a great range of passing, but his his sort of intricate one touch play, yeah, and then his pace off of that is is fantastic. And I think, you, you know, like he's really turned himself around. What? So I'm going to pick on one of our um, regular listeners here who writes in. He's called Edward Marsh. Um, interesting guy yeah yeah he's he's um one of uh one of our top kind of like defense experts and security correspondents that that listens yeah yeah national security analyst um so he he kind of um he thought that everyone going for nathan Redman was wrong he, he actually thinks that someone else should win player of the season i'm not too sure who he's gonna choose here but his question was, whose name would concern you the most if it was missing from the team? And he thought that was going to bring a different result from Nathan Redmond. He felt like that was the thing that, that would show us who the player of the season is. And he ran a little poll with the four players that we've just mentioned, who are the four obvious ones for player of the season. And Nathan Redmond won this one as well. Yeah. Like, Rightly so, yeah, I think. Like, if you think about it, we're quite one-dimensional. Yeah. You know, Redmond gives you something else. Like you know what Shane Long's going to do. Yeah. You know what Danny Ings is going to do. Redmond gives you just something a little bit spicy. Yeah. And and I, uh, you know, he's great to watch. Yeah. Edward Marsh's uh, thing was that he thought Bednarek would would win this one because he thinks that he's more vital. That you you'd be more worried about Saints losing if Bednarek's not in the side. Yeah, I think. Well, I think I think we're almost like. Um, you can't lose. You can't lose two of the three. Yeah. You know, we're saying so. Like, if you think our, f- our first choice three centre backs, Benarek, yeah. Vestergaard, and and, and Yoshi, Yoshi, like two of those three is have to be. It's fatal. Yeah. You know, losing two of the three is fatal yeah, yeah. for Saints. And um, but Benarek, yeah, I mean, you can argue that yeah, without Benarek, we're more likely to concede goals. But yeah. I do think that the b- without Redmond, the ball just comes back at you a lot faster. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, there we go. Nathan Redmond, congratulations. Well not done. only players' player of the season, not only fans' player of the season, not only Daily Echo player of the season, but, the but you've won the big one. The one that matters. Yeah. Saints FC podcast, player of the season, Nathan Redmond. Congratulations, my man. Wow, what a season from him. Yeah. And and what a joy to watch. And yeah. I hope, you know, I hope he really, you know, takes it on and, and kicks on next season. Yeah. Get in that England team, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Lingard keeps on pushing he'll get (laughs) there I think Um, any other awards Tom that you've thought about that that we didn't have yet I don't know I mean I I would say do we need to have the Jan Bednarek award just so that he can win (laughs) win something yeah go on then have that who's the best young Polish centre back we got but that that just sounds like a bit mean (laughs) if we give him an award for best young Polish centre back you've got to keep these guys you know Gonna keep him hungry. All right. We, we're gonna, well, Jan, you came close this time, but you've not won it this season. So better luck next year. Keep pushing. Um, I'm going to go back to Edward Marsh because he sent in an email as well, um, which I thought was quite interesting uh, in terms of where he thinks Saints are now and where he thinks we could be going in in, in the future. And the title of the email is "Don't make the same mistake twice." He says, gents, I've finally cracked and decided to put down the security analysis and drop a note in on Saints. I hope nothing bad happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anything goes wrong. It's awful. Yeah. Um, last few years have, as we all 
all know too well, have been difficult. However, Saints need to learn from recent history as this is a pivotal moment. The opportunity to do something different, dare I even say special, comes around once in a generation at best for a club like Saints. Under Koeman, we're on the verge of that special time. A team growing in stature, Fortress St. Mary's, world-class players, a brand expanding globally, and then we bottled it. Funds were restricted, wages not met, and a fire blanket was thrown over what happened, um, over what appeared imminent seat at the table of the top six and everything evaporated within a single summer this summer represents another opportunity to propel the team and the club forward again maybe not to the same dizzy heights but forward nonetheless it's a staggering thought but we are unlikely to challenge teams such as Bournemouth Brighton Watford Leicester Wolves etc in the transfer market so the club must be shrewd it must act quickly and it must back the manager if we're not going to spend we're not going to ever join the top six not many will we need to help uh, very, have a very clear uh, quality. We have blah, blah, blah. then we need to help the very clear quality of manager whilst we have him. So like you know, really back Ralph. Whilst yeah, we got back Ralph. He says the future could be bright, but at some point you have to really sit down as a club and ask yourselves what is the point of Southampton Football Club? Do we exist just to supply fixtures and players to bigger clubs, or do we want more? The time and the choice is here now, and I really hope we don't make the same mistake twice. You're running an avid listener, Ed. A lot of good points, and I agree. Like we, we're gonna ship out a lot. I mean, I imagine the, our wage bill is where the problem is because it's we don't seem to have a problem spending money on players. Yeah, um, but we've now accumulated I mean, a lot. Our squad is enormous. Yeah, isn't it? And we've got a lot of dead wood. I mean, if you look at, I mean, I'm just guessing here, but Buffal, Carrillo, and Hoyt all on loan at lower league Spanish teams. What's that in wages a week? I bet you that's north of £150,000 yeah. a week, easily, you know, in wages. And I bet you we're paying all of their wages. Yeah. And we've got four goalkeepers. Three of which you could argue mm. are good enough to play. I think you need to lose one of Alex McCarthy or Fraser Forster. So you've got Harry Lewis as your youth goalkeeper that you're trying to train up. Angus Gunn as your number one and then choose one of McCarthy or Forster as your number two. Yeah, I'd go with McCarthy. Yeah. Forster looked shot against West Ham. But we've not had a better goalkeeper than Fraser Forster since Anthony Niemi. True. In but terms of like... But Forster's no longer the player he was. Yeah. It's sad. He could find it again, but he's not going to find it at Saints. Yeah. Um, we've got... A handful of centre-backs. <laughs> None of which should be, well, only a couple of which yeah. you probably really rely on. I mean, if we're going to go to the 4-2-2-2 formation, which Ralph likes and has played previously, we need to, I we think... We need two really good centre-backs. Yeah. I mean, either Yannick and Jan need to go off and have, I don't know, the same treatment that Nathan Redman had, you know, and come back stronger... More able to... I, I think Yannick, play. you know, Yannick it must be a good player. Yeah. Like, I w- my guy I work with, Tobias, huge, you know, lives in Munich, is German, watches all the German football, yeah. said, Vestgaard, one of the best centre-backs in Bundesliga. So, yeah. you know, Bundesliga is not a Mickey Mouse league. No. So he must be really good. Yeah. Maybe we've got to, you know, give him more than a first... I mean, Premier League's a pretty difficult league, first yeah. season in. Um, Jack Stevens, I think you either need to reinvent yourself as a, in a different position. Yeah, you've got to be Jack. You've got to be a defensive midfielder. I think it'd be Can't great. You're listening. Fantastic ball playing. Yeah, you know, really skilled. Alfie Jones, you obviously got 
potentially coming through. Kane Ramsey coming through. Um, midfield, we've got Romeo, we've got Lamina, we've got Ward Prowse, we've got Hoiberg, Armstrong, Elianusi. I don't think we're Tyreek Johnson, blessed, Callum though. Slattery, Josh Sims. Yeah, but I don't think we've got too many midfielders. No. Because if mean, you think we've got like Romeo, Hoiberg, Ward Prowse, mm. that's your probably your first choice three. And then you've got kind of Armstrong to come in as a flair yeah. player. You've got Buffal and Classy out on loan. Yeah, I mean, Classy, I don't think you'll ever see no. him. I mean, that's another player, big wages. What about Harrison Reed? He's out on loan Harrison as well. Harrison Reed, we, we yeah. huge fans of him on the pod. Get him back. Yeah. Um, I, I think with Ralph, you'll see them will all come back. Yeah. And they'll all do a full preseason. Yeah. And then he'll just pick. Forwards, Redmond. Sims, Long, Austin, Gallagher, Ings, Obafemi. Yeah. I mean, we we lack a really good forward, but there aren't many no. really good forwards, and really good forwards cost a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, what do we do then if we're looking at, let's say, Ed sent that in to Mr. Gow? What does Mr. Gow now have to do to help Saints step up again, start pushing towards that top six, seven clubs. I mean, you look at Wolves and Everton and Leicester, they've all spent huge huge amounts of money. money, Yeah, Yeah, people talk about Leicester, like Madison, everyone's like, Madison's great. Madison was like 24 million quid or something. You know, like they they didn't pluck him from obscurity. He was by far the best player in the championship. You know, like so, it's tricky. I, d- I don't know. I mean, I think they've got to clear out a lot of the deadwood, yeah. which is the first thing, and have a squad of young, hungry players yeah. rather than older. And I, I wonder actually if we need men. to start going around poaching other people's eighteen, nineteen, and twenty-year-olds who we think are maybe a little bit more talented than some of the eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-olds yeah. that we have, because Ralph can clearly do something with a young player. But I think you know, if we have an old hat. Unless he's kind of played that high pressing type of football, like it's going to be Long. hard. Yeah. yeah, Shane Long works with, with that. Shane Long works. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't get rid of Shane Long. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've heard us. Let's push on. We're going to do that. We agree with you, Ed. Um, also, a little bit of an apology from Duncan Alexander. We were supposed to be interviewing him yesterday. He's the stats guy we had him on last what an season. Amazing man. Um, funny enough, with the Man City game the Liverpool game and the Tottenham game he had an awful lot of work to do this week and couldn't come onto the podcast but he has said he's going to come on again maybe at the start of next season so that would be quite interesting to get him in but he wanted to send a little apology out to the listeners for not being with us uh, for this episode um, tomorrow is the last home game of the season at Huddersfield I'm really excited about going but you're not going Tom you're going to oh. see John Ronson yeah I mean I'm looking forward to that yeah um, I said to my wife earlier hopefully he'll have um Lady Gaga and Bruno Mars with him. Yeah, uh, she didn't think that was very funny. No, um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's a you know, it's a so, so, so podcast about who, pornography. People who don't know about John John Ronson, <laughs> podcast about pornography. The what Welsh else? journalist. Uh, he's a fascinating man. Yeah. He wrote the Men Who Stare at Goats. He wrote a brilliant book called Psychopath Test. He wrote an even better book called uh, So You've Been Publicly Shamed. I thought the Psychopath Test was better than um, So You've Been Publicly Shamed. He's all... Yeah. yeah. But it, and he's, he's got a great podcast, another, like, uh, which is uh, called The Last Days of August, which yeah. is about a porn star called August Ames. Uh, fascinating stuff. Yeah, yeah. But is it better than Huddersfield at home? I'll, I'll, yeah, in case my wife's I listening, I won't, I won't say anything. 
I hope not, because I'm <laughs> hoping that we're going to have a fantastic last day of the season. We're all going to enjoy it's ourselves. Got to be an improvement yeah. on West Ham, John. But yeah, anyway, there's a, there's our reading recommendation for you. The Psychopath Test uh, by John Ronson is the one that I'd go for. Tom suggests so you've been publicly shamed, which is interesting. Cause it's all about social media and how things can be taken. You know how a bad joke can end your career. Danny I bet, Baker. Yeah, I bet Danny Baker wish <laughs> he'd read that book. He's down the road, so I might go and ask him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, once again, just a little reminder about our crowdfunder campaign. So, if you want to help support the Saints FC podcast, we would really, 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 really appreciate um, anything that you can potentially give to us. Um, so, that uh, email, um, email address, web address again is www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash saints hyphen FC hyphen podcast. If you can't afford it, don't worry. Don't back it. But if you think what we're doing is worthwhile and you enjoy it, please consider uh, giving us a little bit of cash. Um, Once again, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate um, seeing those kind of download numbers coming in. We appreciate it when you tweet us at Saints FC Podcast, when you comment on Reddit, when you comment on the YouTube uh, videos and we love it when you send us an email um, so if you want to hear your points being discussed on the Saints FC podcast do that Saints podcast at gmail.com but for now it's cheerio goodbye <laughs>